Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about the rapture, talk about the second coming of Christ. You know, there's nothing, um, no fact that's been more established throughout the Bible as the uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He's Emmanuel, he's God with us. So from the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the seed of the woman, right? Isaiah talks about the, the virgin shall conceive. You can count up, and it's, it's many, many Old Testament prophecies that, that talk about how the Messiah is going to come. Even to this day, Jews look forward to a Messiah who's coming, their idea of a Messiah is, is rooted in some tradition. They don't believe he's going to be God. They believe he'll be like a war hero, like King David was. They'll deliver the people. And so they're looking forward to this Mashiach, right? This Messiah. And so it's an established fact in the Bible of the coming of the Messiah, the first coming. Um, but he didn't come uh, only once. He's coming back again. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the second coming of Christ and really uh, spend our time there's, uh, there's two parts to the, the second coming. The first one is the rapture, and the second one is the second advent. But this is for you. The reason I talk about this is the Bible says uh, in the book of Colossians, I'm going to go to um, chapter 1. It says here, uh, Since we heard of your faith, verse 4, in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? The reason they had love, the reason they had faith, it, it hinged on the hope that was laid up for them. So the reason for us to live a holy life, I can say one of the things that God has done in me is put a desire to live a holy life, but it's been because of looking forward to my home in heaven, looking forward to this date when the Lord returns and that he could come at any moment, be ready at all times. Um, there's a couple of false doctrines that are out there that go against this. There's one of them that says everything, the, uh, the, the, what's called the Olivet Discourse that Jesus gave on the Mount of Olives, that that, was, that took place in 70 AD, and uh, you know that's um, the rapture. It, it wasn't actually real. The rapture was talking about, um, uh, it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was an example that he gave. He wasn't actually returning in bodily form. And so I'm going to go one or two things to show that that's incorrect, that we are still waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's doctrines that say that we're in the millennial reign, but we're not. We're waiting on that. Um, that's still to come. So I'm going to go over a couple things that I'll show you here. But the first thing you need to know about uh, um, the rapture is that Jesus spoke about the rapture. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Matthew, he spoke about his second coming. Matthew 25, 31 and 32, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep. So when you see these, he's either talking about the second advent, which in this case he was, or he's talking about the rapture. So we're going to distinguish between the two here. John 14, 2 through 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. The first two, he was talking about the second advent. Uh, uh, when he comes for judgment, the first one, he, the last one, he's talking about the rapture. So we see that, and there's many other verses. Um, but the verse I want you to see 
is in the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 15. But it says, For we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So this is talking about um, the rapture. The first thing we need to know and the reason we know that the rapture didn't take place in 70 and it wasn't just types and shadows is it says that he will, Acts 111, that he will return in the same manner as he went. Jesus went up bodily and visibly and he shall come in the same manner according to the word of God. So the word of God is specific to prevent false doctrines. The Lord puts specific wording in there. So it says he will come, he will return in the same manner, the angels said, as he went. Those two angels most likely are Moses and Elijah. Um, Most likely, you know, there's some speculation there. But um, he went up bodily and visibly. So he'll come back bodily and visibly. There's two stages here. He'll come first into the region of our atmosphere and the dead in Christ and the living saints shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Then after the risen and translated saints have been judged and rewarded for their works and they as the church, the bride of Christ, have been married to him, he will come with them to the earth and land on the Mount of Olives, the place from whence he ascended. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof towards the east. That means split in half and towards the west. And there shall be a very great valley. And the half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it towards the south. That's Zechariah 14.4. The first stage of his return is called the rapture. The second stage is called the revelation. The time between the two stages is not less than seven years and is occupied in the heavens by the judgment of believers for works, and on the earth by the great tribulation. So the interesting thing here is when we get raptured, and I'm going to read you more from this book that I'm reading from here. When we get raptured, we'll go up to the judgment of our works. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about that, and it talks about how our works will pass through the fire. Some people will be saved, but they'll have nothing to show for their lives. So the time that we have on earth isn't just to get by and try to make it to heaven. Heaven is our number one goal, but ultimately we're occupying till he comes. We're building the kingdom. We're getting as many people saved as possible. You know, I want you to zoom out on your life. The only thing that's going to matter when you stand before God on that day is how much you impacted the kingdom of God. Set your focus. Lay aside distractions that'll pull you away from the kingdom of God and reset your focus to have that day be one where you're not crying, where it's a day of joy because of the people that are in heaven waiting for you. So the first stage is called the rapture. I want you to see something interesting. Um, Isaiah chapter 61. uh, Let me find it here. You've heard this before. Uh, This is what Jesus stood up to read, but it says Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. And then it goes down. But what's an interesting thing is when Jesus in Luke 4 stood up and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So this was talking about Jesus' first advent when he came 2,000 years ago, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, 
to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And it says, and he closed the book. He stops in the middle of a verse, and I understand the Bible wasn't always in verses and chapters, but he stopped. What, what comes after that? In Isaiah, it's to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. And so what, what, what people have misunderstood about Jesus is that his coming was in two times. His coming was the first advent where he would come and grace would be poured out. And then the second advent was when he would come with judgment. And so the reason he stopped right at that verse is because it wasn't time for judgment. He'll come back for judgment, but it's not yet. So let's talk about the rapture. The first stage is the rapture. The dead in Christ, the living saints um, will be caught up. So I'm going to read something to you. The first thing you need to know about the rapture is the rapture will be a surprise. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord does come, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man comes. That's Matthew 24, 42 through 44. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Revelation sixteen fifteen. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, which is the day of his return, so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. This refers to the second stage of Christ's coming, which is called the revelation, which is after the rapture, when he shall take vengeance upon his enemies. But Paul adds, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day of his return should overtake you as a thief. We see from this that when Christ comes back, it'll be when we are not expecting him. He will come as a thief comes. A thief does not announce his coming. He comes for a certain purpose. He does not take everything there is in the house. He takes only the precious things, the jewels, the gold, the silver, the fine wearing apparel. He does not come to stay. As soon as he secures what he is after, he departs. So Jesus at the rapture will come and take away the saints only. The thief leaves much more than he takes. He leaves the house and the furniture and the household utensils. So the Lord at the rapture will leave the wicked and the great mass of heathen behind. For those who will be taken will be comparatively few. So number one, it will be a surprise. Number two, the rapture will be elective. It will, only, it will not only separate the saints from unbelievers, but it will separate husbands from wives, brothers from sisters, friends from friends. I tell you in that night, there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Luke 17, 34 through 36. The words men and women in this passage are in italics. That means that they are not in the original. And so the passage should read, there shall be two in one bed husband and wife, or two brothers, or two sisters, or two friends. Two in bed indicates night. Two grinding at the mill, morning or evening. Two in the field indicates mid-noon. This shows that the rapture will happen all over the earth at the same time, or as the apostle describes it, in a moment, or the twinkling of an eye. As the lightning comes out of the east and shines upon even unto the west, also, also the coming of the Son of Man shall be. Matthew twenty four twenty seven is the way Jesus puts it. The rapture will be the most startling event of this age and dispensation, as it is to occur in the twinkling of an eye and all over the earth at the same time. That part of the world that is not asleep will witness the event. If it is night on our side of the globe, when the rapture occur occurs, the community will wake up in the morning to find the real Christians gone, disappeared in the night. 
Many may hear the sound of the midnight cry. Behold, the bridegroom comes. But thinking it only thunder, they will turn over for another nap. But in the morning, they will find the bedroom door locked with the key on the inside, just as they locked it before retiring, and the clothes of the loved one who occupied the room with them lying where they were placed when taken off the night before. But that loved one, who is a Christian, missing. Husbands will wake up to find that Christian wives are gone, and wives will wake up to find that Christian husbands are gone. Brothers and sisters will be missed, and dear children absent, and not an infant will be left behind. Many faithful servants and employees will not report for duty, and the world will awake to, f- to the fact that the Bible is true, and the much-despised doctrine of the premillennial coming of the Lord to, get, to gather out His saints is no fanciful interpretation of Scripture. If it be the day with us when the rapture occurs, the event will be startling, as it was in the days of Noah. The people will be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, buying and selling, planting and building. If it be a pleasant time of the year, the boats, the cars, the parks will be filled with shoppers and malls uh, and mills with toilers, and the streets of the cities lined with men and women and children on pleasure and business bent. Suddenly a noise from heaven will be heard like a great peal of thunder. The people will rush to doors and windows, and those on the streets and in the fields will look up to see what has happened. To the vast majority, it will be but a startling and alarming sound, but to many it will be the voice of the Lord. But when the people recover from their surprised and affrighted condition, they will discover that a great many people are missing, and that the missing were the best people in the community. The large department stores, banking institutions, manufacturing plants, and other places of business will find their working force depleted by the loss of faithful employees. People walking on the streets will find their companions gone, and the streetcar lines will be blocked because of absent motormen, conductors, and teamsters. Railroad and steamboat lines will be crippled, and confusion will reign everywhere. What about airplanes? People flying in airplanes, people flying the airplane, pilots flying the airplanes. In many homes, the servants will be missing, and members of the family will come home to find loved ones gone. At the First, the whole thing will be a mystery, until someone who had heard or read about the rapture of the saints realizing what has happened will explain the situation. I heard someone talk about how it'll cause a total upheaval in the economy, because imagine all the debt that's there from the, from the Christians that all of a sudden isn't there to be claimed, all the empty houses that are left behind from families that are raptured. What an event this will be. We, as, as Christians, we as those being raptured, won't care. We'll be with our Lord. But there'll be people on earth left to wonder what happened. But one of the surprises of that day will be that so many professing Christians, and among them many ministers and Christian workers, will be left behind, while some who are not known to be Christians will be missing. The next day's paper will be full of what happened the day before, and many of them will be swelled to twice their ordinary day's uh, day's paper will be full of what, uh, excuse me, twice ordinary size by the pressure on their advertising columns for information as to missing ones, or for to help fill important vacancies and positions of trust. For a few days, the excitement will be intense. Then the people will settle down to the inevitable. With the exception of a few who will repent and turn to God, the mass of the people will become more hardened and wicked than before, and some who lost loved ones will be embittered. As the Holy Spirit will have gone back with the raptured ones, and the saints, the salt of the earth, will be taken out. There will be nothing to prevent the rapid degeneration and moral putrefaction of those who are left. And sin and iniquity and all manner of crime and worldliness will increase and pave the way for the manifestation of Antichrist. 
under whose administration the world will rapidly ripen for judgment. You know, we have now this Marvel movie, this Avengers movie, Endgame, or whatever it was, Infinity Wars, where the snap of the finger happens. But that's really what life will look like. There'll be a moment in the twinkling of an eye where we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. For us who are, who are gone, it's the great hope of the church. It's the reason for holy living. It's what we look forward to, to be ready at any time, to keep our heart right, to repent when we need to repent, to, to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. He's not coming back for lukewarm people. But for those who are left behind, what a tragedy. Well, you know, the Bible actually talks about when the second coming happens, that people's hearts will be so hardened at Jesus that even when they see him, their hearts will be hardened. And so there's, this will be the beginning of something where people will say, people will be angry at God for taking their loved ones. Oh, that he stole my loved ones. People will be angry at God. That's the spirit of the Antichrist is anger and, and rebellion against God. But so for us as Christians, what do we do now? We prepare. We live our life ready to go. I'm telling you, any adjustments you need to make, make them. Any changes you need to make, any friends, there's no friend that's worth missing the rapture for. The devil's trying to pull people even now, trying to pull people from, from, from their relationship with the Lord so he can get them out of the, the call of God, get them away from the things of God, and ultimately get their heart from God. And so they won't, they won't be ready when that day comes. But I believe we have people here who are ready, who are ready for the rapture when it comes and are waiting to be caught up to meet him in the air. Let's make the most of the time while we're still here and while people can still repent. I love you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next podcast.